Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 97. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. And we are here each and every week for those of you who are interested in learning about how the Mac can make you more efficient, more productive, and improve your life overall, because Apple is awesome. It's just a computer. It's just a computer. (laughs) Anyway, seriously, uh, somebody, we did a Mac versus PC uh, discussion on, yeah, I heard about this for one. Business Tech Weekly. And I have, a, I have a friend of ours from the community who writes a weekly roundup uh, yeah, each I saw week. That. And she's like, I, 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 you know, I hit play expecting that they were going to be gushing over Mac and why you should definitely switch to Mac and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, and she's like, I was, I was surprised, um, and, and pleasantly surprised that, you know, it was, it was a very fair and balanced perspective. And it, and it talked about, you know, the benefits of the Mac for business and it talks about the drawbacks of Mac for the business. And, and, uh, you know, it, it was a very open ended. That, that episode was cut way too short, though. Uh, my <laughs> my co-host had to run. And since then, after that episode, the two of us both decided, it's like, listen, we've, we've got to reschedule um, Business Tech Weekly to a different time in the day when we can devote a, at least a full hour uh, yeah. on occasion. So we just got the overview, my friend. But yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely fair and balanced when it comes to this episode That's or this yeah. podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it's... um. It's interesting. the The more more businesses I go into, the more the more Max I'm seeing. But you know, still, it, it really depends on the industry. A lot of dot coms and and you know, internet based companies that do all their business on the internet. A majority of them are all Mac based. Yeah, you know, they have a couple of, you know a couple of PCs for testing and this that and the other. You know, more of your traditional businesses. You know, the uh, law offices and just insurance companies and things like that are primarily. You know, PC obviously for for office and, and stuff like that. So right. So yeah, that that's definitely um, you know the the kind of perspective we took. And the good thing is we we basically sent um, we sent all the listeners like listen. You know, we understand we couldn't cut. You could do a whole podcast on this, and I said basically we do. Come listen to help. I got it back. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree because when you have a web based business. And you're doing everything in the web all day anyway, except for a couple programs such as, you know, Photoshop and some other things. Well, if if all of the programs that you want can be done on a Mac, I do suggest going Mac. I really yeah. do. I, for the lack of uh, worry about malware and viruses and uh, just for the overall aesthetics of it and the the clean updates and, and all the other stuff, I, I really like the Mac end. Yeah, when I, when I worked at Share this full time, we didn't even have an IT staff. It was just... All of us. I mean, granted, we're all you know developers and kind of techie guys, but you know everybody had Macs. There was no IT staff, and for us, not having to hire an IT staff person, the Macs were actually cheaper for us to buy than you know than PCs because we had some people that didn't really. They were smart, but they didn't really know PC stuff real well, and I, it would have been painful for support if we would have had to hire someone else and buy all the you know virus software and stuff. For so for share, the total cost of ownership was cheaper. Yeah. But that does that. That's not necessarily always the case, right? No, but it, that, that makes sense, and 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 that is something you definitely 
have to consider, you know, is the upkeep of these machines. And I agree, the Mac, the Mac has lower upkeep mm-hmm. um, overall. Uh, in fact, um, my the best thing that's ever happened to me is my mom got a MacBook. Um, I think I told you once before that my mom has purchased and installed a wireless printer in her home. Tell, there's no way she really, would, yeah. <laughs> She, awesome. there's no way on earth she'd ever be able to do such a thing with Windows. No, it's yeah, that's true. And you were, you didn't go over there to set it up for her or anything. No, she she called me. She goes, "You're not gonna believe what I did," and I'm like, "What?" She goes, "I bought a wireless printer," and I'm thinking, "Oh crap," you know, I have to go over and hook up her wireless printer. And she goes, "And I hooked it up myself," and I'm like, "Yes, that is awesome." And it's it's because she's you know it's that bonjour it it, it you yeah. know Mac makes it as easy as possible. It's like hey dude, I see it. You got a printer here. Would you like me to set that up for you? <laughs> a couple clicks of the mouse and boom, she's printing away. Um, guess what else my mom just got? I got a mom and dad story too. After you're done with this, awesome. what what did she get? My mom bought the ninety nine dollar iPhone. My friend, <laughs> my mom is an iPhone owner. Oh, that's cool. And how old is your mom? Oh, gosh. I don't know. She's probably in her late 40s. So, yeah. How exciting she's, is that? She's young. Uh, yeah, she's young. Um, I, she was young when she had me. So, ah, okay. But so my mom got this 99. Well, first of all, let me just tell you real quick. She had she was on Sprint and, and she's been out of contract forever. And she okay. she wanted, you know, she, my 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 little brother, who he's 21 years old, uh, he he does nothing but texting. And she was getting, you know, she would try to sit there and text with the regular, you know, whatever three digits per key thing. And I told her, I said, Mom, you need to really get you a phone that, you know, if you're going to be doing all this texting, you need to get a phone with some kind of keyboard. And I said, you ought to get it. You ought to get an iPhone. She goes over to Best Buy and they talk her into this this crazy phone. I didn't know what it was called. Uh, but she brings it to me and she goes, can you help me figure out? The-? It's like, Mom, what are you doing with this piece of crap? Yeah, where's the iPhone? And I'm like, uh, she goes, well, this was on sale and I only, they, they gave it to me. I only had to pay $49. And I'm like, but this is a piece of crap. <laughs> and she goes, well, can you help me? Because I can't figure it out. It's like, the reason you can't figure it out is because it's a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I kept saying, it's like, you need to go and and... And uh, she tried to use it, and I, I helped her set it up. I, of course, I, I was able to figure it out, no problem at all, how to get it to store all these um, uh, phone numbers for her and, and stuff like that. But she couldn't add it on her own. Not in a million right. years could she add her own contacts to this thing. I mean, it is, it is just way too complicated. <clears throat> so she comes back, um, and she says, you know what? Okay, they told me I have 30 days to, replay, to, to, to return this if I'm not happy. And I says, well, go return it. (laughs) And she went to Best Buy. They were they gave her a hard time. They weren't they weren't going to let her. Really? Yeah. They weren't going to let her switch over. They wanted to they weren't going to apply the forty nine dollar credit that she had already paid towards the ninety nine dollar iPhone. My dad says, well, I'll tell you what. That's fine. Within 30 days, we're not happy. You go ahead and give us all of our money back. We'll go somewhere else to get the ninety nine dollar iPhone. Exactly. And so they said, oh, we'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I know. I, I know. have a love hate relationship with Best Buy. <clears throat> I know. So basically, she got the ninety nine dollar iPhone, and I'm excited for her because. Be, and and so she says, "So Cliff, can I take you to lunch tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm recording podcasts all day." I said, well, "Why don't you come over tomorrow night?" And she says, "Okay, I'll be. I get done with my exercise at seven. I'll I'll come over afterwards." And I said, "Hey, mom, bring your MacBook." And she goes, "Bring my MacBook." And I said, yeah, bring your MacBook. She goes, 
okay. And I said, Mom, bring your Apple computer. <laughs> she said, oh, okay, I'll do that. So she didn't know it was called a MacBook. I That's love funny. It. That was hilarious. But she, she started to bring her Apple too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm just excited for my mom because now she, I, I know that she's going to love her iPhone because here's the deal. It, it's the iPhone 3G. It's not the 3GS. She got the $99 iPhone. But you know what? It doesn't matter because what she's going to use it for is a telephone. She's going to use it to do text messaging. And I'm probably going to install the weather application on there for her. You should put like Sudoku and stuff. Stuff that like like parents like. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll show her some of the other stuff. And, and, and oh, and she'll take pictures with it. She, she, she's going to love to take pictures with it. I know it's the it's the older camera, but still, I mean, it, it it's you know what, though, that older camera takes pictures better than the droid camera. Does it really? Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That droid camera is terrible. So the five meg- megapixels is not that hot. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, coming away from last week and then I'll let you tell us our mom's story. Sure. Uh, your mom's story. But uh, coming away from last week, I, I, I had, you know, obviously we were talking as I was touching this droid for the first time. Coming away from it, I, I, I was thinking through, processing my thoughts on the droid. I think the droid is, there's no way on earth you can call it an iPhone killer. But, and I think we were accurate. You know, we said, you know, you better watch out iPhone because it is the closest thing so far. And I do see that thing taking off I, I i and maybe not just the droid but like droid 2 and some of the other phones that will learn from the droid and uh but but yeah the, the user interface it has the functionality that we have been lacking in the iphone but it doesn't have the ui or the user interface yeah i if anything it, it just makes me the, the takeaway I, I got it from it i like it i like it Almost as much as the iPhone. Obviously, the apps and the ease of use of the iPhone push it, you know, far beyond what Droid does now. But I think what it does is it makes me excited for when my contract's up next year. You know, what what's going to be out from both of them? You know, what's what's the Android going to look like a year from now? What's the iPhone going to look like a year from now? And I really think that some of the features of, of Android and some of the momentum it's getting, at least right now with reviewers and stuff like that might make Apple, you know, the next version of the iPhone just, you know, blow everybody out of the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because let's be honest, the the difference between the original iPhone and the 3GS isn't that big. I mean, we got, you know, the apps, but the apps came to, to, you know, two. So uh, the evolution of the iPhone hasn't been that huge. It's been very incremental. It's been big incremental changes, but it's been like nothing that, that makes everybody go, oh, my gosh. Well, and, yeah. and I think that that was, I don't think that was a limit of technology or research or anything like that. I think that was carefully planned. Yeah. I think that they, they, they disabled a, a lot of functionality and, and purposely left a lot of functionality out of the original phone, such as copy paste and stuff like that. Um, and then even when they went to 3G, I, I think that they purposely did not put a better camera and purposely did not put video in. Uh, you know, I, I think that they're... In, and I, I believe now they have the ability to do in the next version of the iPhone what they will actually do to iPhones from that. Yeah, I, I th- yeah, exactly. I think 
the upgrade from 3G to 3GS was was very minor. You know what I mean? It, it, it was almost like we're doing this because we realized we had some shortcomings of the of the 3G. Here's this, but we're gonna now focus all of our efforts on on a radical new iPhone. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. James in the chat room asked, "Is it is it worth the data plan if the, uh, that my mom has to pay for the iPhone if that's all she's going to use it for?" And the answer to the, your question is yes, because I forgot to mention that I am going to be setting up her her Gmail email account into the mm-hmm. mail application, so that's going to be huge for her. Um, and also, she will be sending and receiving lots of pictures. Uh, especially now that there's MMS, um, you know, I can send pictures of the kids as often as I want. I, I, I know that she'll love that. Uh, so yeah, it, it's definitely going to be worth it. I mean, th- she is going to have uh, some some great functionality, and she'll probably even pull up the the maps every now and then. So yeah, yeah, and hopefully that navigation thing comes to the iPhone, and you yeah, know, it would be awesome. She'll never be lost again. Yeah. So my my mom, my mom, and my dad. Um, jumped in technological advancement this week um my, my mom and dad at, the, at their house have an emac and my dad's got a dell laptop for his work well tomorrow he leaves for siberia siberia like what's he doing yeah, in siberia doing some training, he, training. He, what kind of yeah. training uh he teaches electrical mechanical engineering type stuff on these giant milling machines oh okay and so the machines that make like parts for aircrafts and weapons so they don't have any of those machines down in vegas where they could train him no or well they probably do he's 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 been all over the country all right tell me your story world uh so they wanted to talk to each other and they found out uh that phone service is not very good there and his verizon card like his his long distance card doesn't work there and, you know, obviously they want to talk to each other. So one of the guys at work said, hey, you know, I talked to my wife through Skype. Oh. You know, the internet connection is actually really good. So, you know, my dad's like, well, can, can I get Skype and call the house? I'm like, why don't you just call the computer? It's free. And they couldn't wrap their brain around it. So <laughs> last, weekend, last weekend I installed Skype on, on my dad's laptop, which took, He's got XP. It took 9,000 years to boot up. I mean, liter- it was literally 15 minutes. I mean, his computers, whew, I don't know what's, what's running in the background, but I didn't want to diagnose that they pay people at his work to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, I loaded Skype on his computer, and then I loaded Skype on my mom's eMac. Of course, we need to get a microphone for dad, which he already bought. He bought a little USB mic. Yep. But uh, yeah, they were blown away, man. I, I called mom and dad from home, from here to, the, to their house in Kentucky, and uh, they're like, this sounds better than a, than a phone call. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they don't have a camera on that eMac, but I turned on my camera and, and you would have thought I was Buck Rogers or something, man. They, they thought that was like <laughs> the, the, the most futuristic thing they've ever seen in their life. They're, like, they're, they're talking to the dogs and looking around at the house and stuff. So, yeah, my folks are now on Skype and they actually use, they, they've figured out I am. So now, now they I am each other while dad's at work. That you know, just little messages back and forth. So yeah, they're they're like, "Are you on Skype?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm on it all the time." And, and my tech kept going, "Now this is free, right? I'm not going to get billed or anything." I'm like, "No, <laughs> yes, it's free." You know, yeah. that's something that that you know, my folks' generation and 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 things like that, they don't understand the the free or nearly nearly free business model. It's completely different for them. You yeah. know what I mean? 
Yeah, and 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 it's, and I could totally understand their being blown away by the, by Skype. You know, you and I, and 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 pretty much anybody listening to this, almost, um, we are so we're we're early adopters to just about everything. We mm-hmm. have we have really come to understand that when it comes to technology, there really are no limits to what you can do. I mean, it, it's just have you done it, and have you have has somebody spent the time, energy, or resources to to accomplish it yet? I mean, seriously, I. I get to the point now where, you know, the other day I was driving down the road and, I, and tell me if you think I'm crazy because, uh, well, you probably do anyway. But anyway, uh, I was driving down the road and I was thinking to myself, if all of a sudden a device came about that I could teleport my body, uh, you know, in, 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 and basically transport to another location. So basically I would have some kind of uh, booth that I could step into, it will, you know, take all the particles of my body and, and then all of a sudden ship it at light speed to another place and then reassimilate my body. Would I, would I actually be a person that would be an early adopter or a late early adopter even <laughs> and, and actually get one of those devices? I, I would definitely not be beta testing that device. <laughs> I wouldn't be beta testing. But, but the question is, and, and I'm not an early, early adopter anyway, but I'm, I'm just wondering if, if that became available, you know, would I wait until, you know, five, ten years of its use to see if all of a sudden people are dying of, of disease? And, and what's amazing to me is I'm having this thought in my head as, as if it were, you know, as if it were a reality of, of, of something that's coming. <laughs> Yeah. That was that was the thing. I always liked in Star Trek, like if you wanted like a bourbon and coke, yes. you just punched up bourbon and coke and it would materialize. Yes. If they did have that machine, that would be the best thing ever. I'm I'm wondering you, you, you people think I'm crazy you and you can think I'm just wondering what kinds of I would things beta like taste that. that. Yeah, you'd beta taste that. Uh, I I'd beta, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, let, let's be honest, you know, when when our folks were growing up, man. If you even try to like go back in time and explain the concept of an iPhone or a laptop or, or even like a micro SD chip to someone, you would blow their mind because they couldn't even, they, they, the ability to even imagine it was, was, was not really there. You know what I mean? I remember with when XM satellite came out, you know, XM satellite radio and I remember driving down the car, and my dad had this, and I said, you know, one day, Dad, uh, you're, we'll be able to browse the internet from our car. And he's like, yep. you think so? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, at the time, all we had was that, you know, that WAP, that data transfer over the thing. But, right, right. And, and what do we have today? You you could sit there in the back seat of somebody's car and be driving and and downloading and and interacting on the internet with broadband speeds. Yeah, you could be watching uh, video and actually doing the things like you know I canceled I, I had satellite radio the month it came out. Yep, I, I I you know I had it for almost ten years and loved it. Loved it. I mean, it was awesome. You know, of course, when they merged with Sirius, I, I, I they dropped out a favor for me, but I still loved the concept. When my when I got my 3G iPhone, all of a sudden I was able to stream every internet radio station I could think of. There was Pandora and Slacker Radio, which I love, and it really negated the need for satellite radio. Now, if I'm going on a long trip or something, then you know, obviously I'm kind of out of luck if I get to a dead zone. But it was good, and the the what, what's available now was good enough 
that I canceled that service. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of Apple. I'm sure that there's got to be some news out there. And uh, I, I'm looking at the show notes, and you've got something about Mac Heist 4 is starting. So tell me about this. Yeah, uh, Mac Heist is awesome. Every year, um, right around this time, right around the holidays, uh, they do Mac Heist. And what it is... Um, if you're not familiar with Mac Heist, is that you need to complete a series of challenges that are labeled heists in order to get free software. And it's free as in free, free, like free lunch, you know, free. And the software isn't cheap software. Um, there's some real good stuff uh, right now that uh, they have. A, there's kind of a, a you know, a preview of, of what's to come. And if you go to Mac Heist right now, you see like a, it looks like you enter in coordinates and you see space. And if you enter in the right coordinates, you find out that a meteor is heading towards Earth. And it's, it's basically like an augmented reality type game. So a meteor is heading towards Earth. And once you find out that the meteor is heading towards Earth, you, Earth, you get a free copy of a program called Daisy Disk. And what Daisy Disk does, and we, I think we maybe have talked about a program like this before, it analyzes your hard drive and detects you know, what's taking up giant space, how to optimize your drive, this, that, and the other. It's, it's normally like a $20 program. You get it for free. Right. And each heist comes with free software. And also, if you solve the heist within a certain amount of time, you get these heist bucks. And at the end of the, at the, end of the Mac heist, uh, they have this final bundle. And it's normally like eight or nine pieces of software that if you, you, know, if you, if they, if you purchased them all separately, it would be several hundred, if not $1,000 worth of software. And normally, it's about 50 bucks. And then you get to use these bucks. And you can normally knock 10 or 15 bucks off the price. And it's good stuff. One year, I think it was... Um, Sound Studio what, what, what 3 what was, was in one of them. Yeah, Pixelmator was in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like, you know, uh, ScreenFlow. Yeah, you know, I, I doubt ScreenFlow would do it, but, you know, that's that caliber of software yeah. in these bundles. And what's, and what's cool is a majority of, of the bundle uh, price goes to charity. So it, it's, it's kind of like there's another one called Mac Giving Tree that always happens during uh, the, the holiday season, too. So, Keep your eyes on Mac Heist for create an account. The game officially starts tonight at 7 p.m. And um, it's pretty awesome. And what's cool is if you can't figure it out, you know, normally within a day or two, if you go to the wiki for Mac Heist, the answer is there too. Gotcha. So it's fun though. It'll have you go to other websites and looking at HTML code and it, it's fun. It's, it's fun and you get free software and it helps a good cause. I think it's awesome. That is very cool. All right, so that uh, that's starting up, and where you just go to macheist.com. Is that what it is? Yes. Awesome. All right, so uh, let's see here. Snow Leopard, what's going on there? <laughs> you know, I hate telling these because you always get that grin on your face. I do get that uh, grin snow on my le- face. <laughs> a Snow Leopard quirk apparently prevents opening files, uh, group, groups of recently downloaded files. Uh, reports of an odd bug affecting downloaded files in Snow Leopard have been circulating across Apple's discussion boards recently. As reported by Tidbits, the issue appears to be affecting all computers running Snow Leopard. While different users have reported varying systems of differing circumstances, it essentially boils down to this. If you download a group of files and then attempt to open the entire group at once rather than opening each file individually, chances are either some or all those selected files will not open. Not a huge deal. And, and, and some of the speculation, it might be this might have been done on purpose, but it, it's an issue if, if it... it it changes the behavior of how it used to be. Gotcha. 
Well, so if you downloaded a bunch of zip files, you could open them all at once back in the day, and now you can't. And we're not sure if it's a bug or if it if it was done by design. Well, the question is, okay, so you can't open them all at once, but the, after you've tried, can you then open them individually? Yes. Okay, then it's not a big deal. I wouldn't even consider that to be a problem. And I could certainly see where keeping you from having that ability uh, could help you avoid, you know, um, mal- malware and, and all that other stuff. You know, the, you know, downloading stuff that you shouldn't be downloading. And also, you know, you, you may have the ability, maybe it's not just zip files, but you, maybe you have a bunch of huge processor intensive apps that you accidentally have all highlighted and you hit the button to, to launch it and, and stuff like that. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I wouldn't even... I'm, I'm usually quick to point out that I was right for holding off on Snow Leopard, but come on, people. Seriously? <laughs> I haven't had any issues with Snow Leopard. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I still have, I still have <laughs> regular Leopard. I have but, not, uh, you know, I, I... Well, this Mac that I bought came with Snow Leopard. Wait, did it? Yeah. No? I can't remember. I think so. I don't know. I, you got it right at the time when Snow Leopard came out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what it was. I qualified for the for the update. I should, I should still do that. It's ten dollars. Oh well. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now the, the next story is Wavebird Waveboard on the iPhone. Uh, Google Wave access slightly better than mobile Safari, and a Waveboard is a program that has been on the Mac. It's a desktop app that essentially it's a single site browser. Uh, but it adds handy Mac-like keyboard shortcuts, ground notifications, dock, and menu bar notifications to Google Wave. I've never downloaded this, so I might have to get this because I, I keep noticing every time I go on Google Wave, there's been conversations where I haven't been a part of. Yeah. Uh, the, the iPhone app is pretty much the same. It's a WebKit browser showing what uh, Google already provides. Um, but they take advantage of certain things on the iPhone, like shake gesture to reload or log out. Websites can be opened in the same browser or sent to Safari. Landscape mode is supported, and you can kind of get push notifications using Prowl, which is growl for the iPhone. Right. Uh, setup instructions are available on the Waveboard blog, and Waveboard for iPhones available at the App Store for $0.99. Cents. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to pass on that one for now. You know, I am underwhelmed by Google Wave at this point. Um, I am too. And, and the reason why is because I have very I, – I, I am obsessive-compulsive when it comes to – having things in a linear fashion and you know we're sitting here we're looking at google docs document and and we're still using google docs instead of wave for the show notes and the reason why is because it's it's just it's just straightforward whereas in wave it's too easy for us to accidentally go in and and put a, a section you know to hit a reply button and, and put something down in someplace else and uh, the the things just look ugly, and when you get fifteen, twenty three people in a wave, it's forget it. There's no way I I have no interest in keeping up at that point. And, right, and so I don't know. There's they've got to do some. They're going well. The thing is, is by the way, wave a year from now is going to be amazing, and we're going to be talking about you know we'll probably even have a wave how to you know podcast or something like that. It's it's going to be awesome, but right now. It, they still need to do so much. Like, for example, uh, I was listening to This Week in Google, and I still can't believe that if I add somebody to a wave, that you can't remove them. You know? You, oh, really? You, uh, get, well, they're, they're involved in the wave now, so. Well, that, that's what I'm saying, though. Is But um, Gina Trapani actually wrote, uh, was actually working in wave 
to create a book about Wave. And she was, uh, you know, collaborating on this book that she's writing with some friends. And she went to add a new collaborator and accidentally added somebody else to a book that she was writing. And she, yeah, that's the, maybe, maybe the way it should work is if you add someone and they haven't participated in in the wave yet, Uh, they should be able to be removed. Yeah. As soon as they sent out, as soon as as they sent out a message, they should be locked in then because that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, there should be an undo. And you know, it's still beta. They're still kind of, it's very, very malleable still. Yeah. Well, that something like that would it is something that you know i just don't know i i, I don't like it because then from that point forward even if you say okay well let me just delete everything in this wave and move on to the other one well then there's the playback feature i mean that, that entire book that she's been working on could then you know now obviously she the book she's working on is is a book on how to use wave and she's giving it away for free but still uh if that was something else, I mean, and dude, that could be leaked out and 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 it's gone. You know, it it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's it's not ready for prime time yet, and and I'm just not I'm just not all that excited about it right now. the only, The only time I'm using Wave is with Father Roderick, the Biggest Loser. We were having some issues with Google Docs not letting me save, um, and we also have the ability. We're using the ability to chat in a separate Wave right next to our show notes Wave. Uh, which which works for him because he's at, when Father Roderick does a show with me, he doesn't actually uh, sign into the GSPN community chat. So we're able to have behind-the-scenes chat back and forth. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, Waveboard. I participate in the community, Cliff. I know you do, my friend. I know you do. <laughs> well, the thing is, is uh, he's got so many different things going on in his screen, and he actually uh, has his community chat going during the show as well, so... Anyway, Apple launches music movies on let's see music movies on iTunes. What's that mean? Uh movies that like, you know, live concerts and stuff like that like, you know, the oh. documentary about Nirvana or, you know, um and it just out of curiosity I went and looked uh one of my favorite movies and I haven't seen it in gosh, 10 years, you know, since it's been out. Well, maybe longer than that. T- 15 years, maybe 14 years. Was a movie called Hype. And it was a movie made in 1996 that was about the whole grunge movement that happened in the early 90s. And, you know, that was my formidable, formidable music years uh, was, was back then. You know, that's right when I was getting ready to start high school and this, that, and the other. And that really was like my music platform was grunge. So I love this, this documentary. And just when I read this story, which I'll read here in a second, I went to iTunes and sure enough, it's there to rent and it's there to buy. So I'm pleased to punch that Apple's not doing this. So Apple has launched something called Music Movies on iTunes. In an attempt to increase movie sales, Apple's pushing out more alternative content on the iTunes store. And today they've spruced up their Music Movies library and added a landing page to promote upcoming releases. Uh, music movies are behind the theme. Mo- uh, music theme movies, concerts, documentaries that generally feature exclusive content behind the scenes footage. And right now it's pretty limited, but um, Apple does offer a few movies that aren't available anywhere else, such as the exclusive Kings of Leon concert DVD, and Kings of Leon are awesome. Uh, and also U2's Rattle and Hum and John Lennon's Imagine. In addition to the added content, a predominant landing page has been created to dedicated to this genre of film. So 
If you want to see the documentary of Bob Dylan, it's on there. If you want to see the documentary of uh, Jimi Hendrix, it's on there. So if, if you're a, a music buff like me, you're going to love this section. And um, it's, it's times like this that made me go, oh, I could have rented that movie and watched it on my Apple TV. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I hardly ever listen to music anymore. And, you know, the kind of music I listen to is usually obscure and, and weird, so... I like independent Scottish music and folk music and and all that other stuff. So yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a I'm a huge music. I've got you know yeah, you got tons of music on your walls iPhone. of CDs. Well, I got, yeah, well, I used to work for a radio station, so I used to get walls and walls and walls of CDs. So yeah, uh, most of them are converted now, but I still have. I would still say I've got three or four hundred discs that I've never ever ripped. Really, and put up yeah. Hey, let, stuff that I, I'm like, man. Let's move on to uh, a question we got here. This is this came in from Daryl, and I know he said that we uh, had kind of covered this in a previous episode, and he had heard us cover it uh, after the fact, uh, and he said we could delete this. But let's go ahead and just see what this is and see if there's any additional information uh, that we can provide on it. So here's Daryl's question, and I'm going to unmute the board now. Hey, Cliff and Chris. This is Daryl from the Fringe Podcast. And I've got a question for Help I Got a Mac. I am in the market for a new Mac. I got a MacBook off of eBay back in January. My wife and I both love it, although we still use PCs as well. In fact, I have more PCs than I do Macs. But I need to get another one, and it has to be a Mac. So... They're very expensive, as you guys well know. So I've been looking into other alternatives out there. Specifically, I've been looking at Psystar and building my own Mac. I'm not really impressed with a lot of the hardware that I've seen in some of the videos for Psystar. I think I can build my own Mac with better hardware for about the same price. So I wanted to get your thoughts on building your own Mac. Do you know of anyone who's done that? Have you yourself done that? And what kind of side effects or functionality issues have they had with that and also specifically um Sistar came out last week with their bootloader that they're now offering up for public use called rebel efi so because that was such a new thing i wanted to also get your thoughts on that and the whole Sistar deal has how they continue to kind of bow up against apple and kind of thumb their noses at them and, and do that sort of thing so i'm curious what you guys think about that mac cloning and the idea of building your own mac Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. All right. So we have covered this in the past, and we'll, we'll give a little bit more of an update and, and thoughts. What, what are your thoughts off the top of your head there, Chris? Yeah, you know what? I actually like this question, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you decided to play it. Um, it's interesting. I think it's, it's still hacky, and uh, your mileage may vary. Yeah. And uh, there was rumors that the, new, that the next version of uh, 10.6.2 uh, was going to take out support for the Atom processor, which was going to leave a lot of people who were using Hackintosh netbooks kind of in a lurch. And now it's come out that that may not be true. But I don't know, man. I I would never probably use a Hackintosh as my production machine. Um, it would always be like a hobby machine, right? You know, I've been maybe dual, dual boot so I can get some features you know that I couldn't get on the Windows side. But I don't know, man. I all it takes is Apple to just change one little thing in the next software update and then you're you know you're out of luck yeah that that's my thinking i mean even as a hobby machine i don't know that i'd really want to do it 
because you know as as a hobby machine i'm still going to have preferences i'm going to have possibly over time i'm going to have software installed and that software is going to have data in it and and all of those different things and you know if, if you do go in and you do a system update and it breaks it and then it won't boot then all that stuff stuck in there you know and i the thing is 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 it cheaper sure absolutely and can you build your own probably better than doing that than getting a Psystar. In my opinion, Psystar to me equates to the old Microsoft e-machines. So, uh, but the thing is... is yeah, that, that, the Rebel EFI that they sell is pretty cool because um, it'll go through and, and look at all your hardware and say, okay, this is the problem. Here, Here's a driver that you might need to download in order for it to work. So that's kind of cool. I, as far as our hardware, though, you're better off building your own. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. And so the thing is, though, is, you know, if, if Mac OS is that important, why not get something where it's supported? You know, and, and for me, it's not just about the OS. It's uh, it's about the support. It's about the fact that, you know, if you run into mm-hmm. a problem, you can go into some forums out there and people say, yeah, you go into an Apple store, <laughs> you can go into an Apple store. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's just like there. I, I'm really not all that excited about making a bootleg copy of a of a, of a Mac system. You know, I, I really yeah. would prefer something that I know that's going to work six months down the road. And that's the thing I I really do. As much as I rip on the at the Apple Store, you know, since I worked there and, and this that and the other, um, it is still pretty awesome that if there's something wrong with my Mac, I can take it to the Apple Store and within a week. Or less, you know, it'd be fixed in the back of my hands and it was all fixed right there. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. And and that's the same way that I feel about jailbroken phones. You know, it's like, at this point, why bother? But you still jailbreak your phone. So that's that's kind of funny. You you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do a, <laughs> you know, an update's going to break something. And then all of a sudden you're jailbreaking your phone every three months or every six months. Well, uh, yeah, but well, the. <laughs> Well, if they release an update and it breaks my jailbreak, it still works. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can yeah. still use it as a phone and all my apps work. And yeah, my, my, my phone's jailbroken right now. I'm running better than ever. Uh, I found out I was having some issues with speed and I found out that there's a program called uh, Winterboard that you can put themes and, and stuff on your, on your phone. Yeah. And man, it slows it way down. Now yeah. that I have it off there, it's just as fast as it ever was. And it's awesome, you know. I got my Google Voice uh, program on there. Uh, I can run programs in the background. That works awesome. You know, those are really the two big things that I use. Oh, and I also have InfoLock, which when when I look at my lock screen, I can see that I got an email and, and I can see the weather. And James was just saying in our chat room that he wouldn't risk the jailbreak. There's no risk in it at all. If there's any problem, you just restore and you're back to normal. Yeah, I've totally thought that I hosed my my iPhone with a jailbreak once and even even in a spot where it would not like turn on I mean it was that bad I was I was <laughs> yeah. able, I was able to recover my original phone so yeah it, it's one it's one that the unlocks are the other ones that can really break your phone and then there's a difference uh, the unlock does something called, it messes with something called the baseband the baseband is basically the firmware of the phone and when they start messing with that stuff that's that's Kind of where you can't back out. You can't because when you restore your phone, it doesn't change the baseband software. Right. So 
them going in there is a lot riskier than you just jailbreaking. Now I've I've jailbroken and unlocked uh, friend friends of mine phones. You know who who wanted to get off AT and T or. Um, I got one friend who wanted to get off AT and T, and now he's on another GSM network with his iPhone. Works awesome. Uh, I had another friend who uh, still on AT and T, but his company uh, didn't want to support his iPhone anymore, and he got a BlackBerry Bold. And on the weekends and in the evenings, he takes that SIM out, puts that new SIM back into his iPhone, and then uses it that way. Hmm. And um, both of them work great. You know, they're both running three one. They can download apps off the off the iTunes Store and run them and. No problem at all, and it, jailbreaking. I, I jailbroke another guy's phone at Share This, and it's it's easier now that it, than it ever has been. There's a program called Black Rain, and you download it, you hook your phone up to it, you click a button that says "Make it rain," and your phone's jailbroken in, t- in ten seconds. Wow, that is awesome! It's it's amazing. This this guy Geohot, I think is his name. He's like some eighteen nineteen year old kid, wicked smart, and figured out how to do it really fast. So. That is cool. Now, with that being said, I do want to just say real quickly, and this isn't like a disclaimer to keep me safe or anything like that. I, I am, I would not suggest jailbreaking your phone. If you are even the least bit hesitant, if you are not a hacker by nature, if you are not a little bit, you know, on the edge and, and super risky, uh, you know, it don't, if, if, if the thoughts never occur to you, do not jailbreak your iPhone. Um, and just understand, we can say all we want that there's no risk, but if you jailbreak your iPhone and it's totally hosed, uh, understand that as far as Cliff says, there is risk involved <laughs> in doing something that Apple tells you you should not do. So there you go. Just saying. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I say, throw caution to the wind, my friends, and liberate <laughs> your phone. But I'm not going to help you if you screwed up. <laughs> the, expre- the the views expressed by our co-hosts are not necessarily that of gspn.tv, uh, Ravenscraft Enterprises, LLC, or its affiliates and or associates. That's <laughs> fine. Chris Biding from Biding.org screencast or er, ninja guy says jailbreak your iPhone for fun and profit. <laughs> there you go, my friend. If any problems, you can email me, chris at binding.org. <laughs> exactly. If you, anybody has any problems with their iPhone. No, just kidding. All right, so, no, hey, no, no, no. Not problems with their iPhones. Problems with me doing it. They can email me. Oh, and I'll tell oh, them where to go. oh okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So, hey, uh, we've got a, uh, a little bit of a app review here from Chris K. This has been sitting here for the last two weeks, and I've just uh, not been able to get into the show because of how crazy those weeks were. So here is an app review for this week. Hey, guys, this is Chris K. taking a break from Battlestar Galactica to do a quick review of an iPhone slash computer web service entitled Umail. Umail is a visual voicemail replacement for the iPhone, and it has two big advantages over the AT&T visual voicemail. The first one is you can set personalized greetings for each person on your list, and the second one is you can save voicemails for as long as you want. But one thing I didn't like about voicemail is if you do a customized greeting, you're stuck with the same greeting for each person. But, I mean... The voice greeting I leave for my boss would be different than the voice greeting I would leave for my best friend, which would be different still from my, the voice greeting for my girlfriend, which is and then which would be different than the voice greeting for my mom. So, with email, I can set my own personalized greeting for each of them. 
The other thing I really like about the service, as I said, is the ability to save voice messages indefinitely. My girlfriend's three-year-old son likes to call my phone and leave me messages, and now I can save him, so I figure we can blackmail him when he becomes a teenager. Umail is a free app in the App Store, and it's a free service at www.umail.com. And when you sign up for the service, it's, it's going to put two contacts in your phone book, a Umail Activate and a Umail Deactivate. When you activate Umail, you will no longer be getting your email messages through your visual voicemail in- inbox, but... The Umail map features push notifications, so you always know when you got your got a new voicemail to listen to through the Umail app. And if you don't like it, um, deactivating it's pretty seamless, and it sends everything right back to being able to use your regular voice visual voicemail box. It won't send all your messages from Umail over to the visual voicemail box, but everything every voicemail you get after that. We'll go back to your visual voicemail box, as always. I really like the service. Just be prepared to give a lot of a lot of puzzled looks and questions when people are greeted with their own private voice greeting. So if, so if it sounds interesting to you, try it out. Thanks. All right, Chris, thank you so much, my friend, for putting together that review. Chris, um, uh, if you wouldn't mind, the next time, and of course I know I already have one more uh, LED football review that's going to go in next week's show, but if you could hold your mouth further away so there's not the popped peas, that'd be awesome. But no, this this is awesome. Uh, now, have you used um, this U-Mail before, Chris? I have not. Well, in the chat room, they're going over and talking about this, and it, it seems to me that... Um, Everybody in there is kind of liking it. Uh, it. It looks to me like uh, Daniel saying that he's not crazy about Umail on the uh, on the Crackberry, uh, but everybody else that has is talking about it and they're saying that they really like it on the iPhone. I've never really wanted to move my voicemail away from the uh, the iPhone. I'm not the type of person. I've got Google Voice yeah. now. I've got Google Voice. Yeah, part of me thought about porting it and. I- I still like visual voicemail a lot. I do too. I I love visual voicemail. I love the fact that it's automatically downloaded to my phone and it's there. The, the thing is, is I have no desire to do the uh, different greetings for each person. Personally, uh, I have that ability with Google Voice and I send everybody to Google Voice these days. Only very rarely does somebody actually get my or call my local cell phone number. I think Stephanie does, still does. But... Uh, I, the thing that I don't like is, you know, I, I want, you know, like Google Voice. I want all of those voicemails. I, I don't want Google Voice to get to pick up voicemail. If anybody knows of a way to disable the voicemail on Google Voice, please let me know. Because I thought that maybe just setting it to, you know, if you could set it, say, hey, pick it up after so many rings or something like that. And that way I could get my iPhone visual voicemail, my regular AT&T voicemail to pick up any Google Voice phone number or phone call that's not picked up. If anybody knows of a way to do that, please, please let me know. You're not familiar with anything like that. You know that, what I was... You? I'm not. I was just... Uh, my, my buddy Brian uh, was just commenting to me that... Uh, I mean, my buddy Professor X, who I hacked his phone for, 
that's one of the things when, when you when you activate your phone for other carriers, you don't get visual voicemail. Yep. So that might be a, a solution to that. Uh, you know that that you mail or maybe porting your number over to Google Voice to kind of get that back. Right. Well, so yeah, you mail. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I don't know. I, I I'm just I I'm, I'm already wanting my visual voicemail back from Google Voice. So. Somebody please, please tell me that there's a way to disable the voicemail on Google Voice so that I can get my visual voicemail on my phone. That would be totally awesome. I even said it. I even canceled voicemail on my studio line. I actually had it removed so that if you call my studio, the phone will ring for days without picking up <laughs> because I knew that visual it's or, like a radio station. Yeah. So that Google voice would be sending the voice, the, the call both to the studio and my cell phone. And I wanted the cell phone to be the one who picks it up, but no Google voice hijacks my voicemails. And I don't like that. Don't like it. Okay. At all. <laughs> I want, or give me visual voice at mail via Google voice on my iPhone. Which yeah, I that'd be cool. Don't you have that with your voicemail app or your Google Voice app? Or no? The, oh yeah, yeah. You do? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, cool. Google Voice is full of awesomeness. Awesome. The the, the GV Mobile app is, is great. Yeah. The official Google Voice voicemail app or Google Voice app was supposed to have visual voicemail. I think. <sighs> Stupid Apple. I know. So now we're running the show on a downer. Now I'm mad again. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, folks, do you have an app that you love that you can't live without for your iPhone? Let us know. Is there an app for your Mac that you love? Uh, let us know. And if you have any tips, tricks, questions, or more, you can give us a call at area code 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. We would love to hear from you. We rely on your questions and comments for the content of this show, and it all is made possible. Thank you to the support and encouragement and everything else of our GSPN.TV Plus members. And uh, we couldn't do any of this stuff without you guys, so special thanks to you. Until next time, everybody, join the community. Mahalo. Mahalo. Mahalo.